welcome to Bagging Paper for another week. Well, hopefully another week. I mean, I might delete it or I might just mess it up completely, but fingers crossed, it's another week of Bagging Paper. Sadly, this week, no Rachel because Rachel is poorly sick. But don't worry, everybody, because I've got in one of my regular co-hosts to come back in and help me out, uh, the wonderful Eric. Um, hey. It's great to Sorry, have you back. You, that's all yeah. right, Eric. You can tread on me or don't tread on me or whatever the correct saying is. Um, the thing is, it has been pointed out to me by various people that uh, the Eric that I tend to get on backing paper to help me co-host is is sad, Eric. Um, I am sad. It, <laughs> I think the last time you were on, you were very sad. And this is backing paper. We, we need a bit more energy here. So the, the cure for Eric's sadness has been discovered. And that cure is clearly his co-host on the All Through a Lens podcast, the wonderful Vanya. So we just had to get Vanya as well. Vanya, welcome to Backing Paper. Hey, here I am. Here you are. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, as well as Eric's co-host and clearly um, Jiminy Cricket-esque positive mental spirit, uh, you know, <laughs> you seem to be just bringing a magical spark to this man's life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's... He's actually really fun and he, yes, you know, when he travels, I get it. He gets a little sad, but he's great. He's, he's happy. He's right, happy. Eric? You're doing all right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it says more about me or more about Graham. <laughs> Probably me. I have that effect on quite a lot of people. Well, thank you so much, both of you guys, for joining me tonight. Um, very timely, actually, because we I think we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, you have just launched your own podcast, the All Through a Lens podcast. Episode one is out now, and we shared it on our feed as well. But um, how's it all going? I think you've got your second podcast pretty much in the bag, right? Yeah, that should be out on Tuesday. We were releasing Tuesdays uh, to not step on anybody that we know of. Yeah. And yeah, it's all it's almost all ready to go. We've got some bits and bobs to edit out, but yeah. Yeah, we're learning. And it's, you know, it's a big venture. I've never done anything like this before. So, Eric's been helping though. It's been great and fun. Just keep it keep it fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I have to say, as first episodes go, I think yours is probably the most polished put together first episode of any uh, film photography related podcast uh, I've ever heard uh, admittedly that's a real low bar to it um, wow. uh, uh, no pressure no no absolutely um, Vanya we've obviously had Eric on many many times but we've never had you on before um, so I'm going to just sideline Eric very nicely now Eric <laughs> go and sit on your hands in the corner now because I want to talk to Vanya for a bit um Vanya, tell us a bit about yourself. You, you, you are a podcaster now. You're a surfer. You're a photographer. What's the deal? What's the deal with Vanya? <laughs> What's the deal? Yeah, I mean, all all of those things. Um, yeah, I live in Los Angeles, I, California. I like to surf. I like to shoot in the water, and I just like to have. Honestly, I just like to have a lot of fun. I try to live with mostly just fun. I don't know how I do it. I, I work obviously like everybody else, but I, I just want to, I just want to surf and enjoy the sunshine. Sorry guys. I know you guys both are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful we weather. Both hate you equally for that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I really love, I really love shooting film and, um, you know, I'm at 
Eric this summer and we got to shoot together. That was a ton of fun. And, you know, it's just been great working on this together, the podcast. And, you know, has it it been fun? It has. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) So far anyway, Eric. (laughs) Yeah, so far. It's it's early days, yeah. Um, So you're a photographer, because I I like to listen, obviously listen to the first episode. So you're doing quite a lot of shooting in the water, actually whilst you're out surfing, you're using quite a lot of underwater cameras and stuff as well? Yeah, I usually shoot with a, I say Nikonos. I know some people say it differently. Um, A Nikonos 3 and a 5. And then I, I really like cheap cameras too. So I'll end up finding like really cheesy, wonky cameras, like for five or 10 bucks that are waterproof, you know, automatic 35 millimeter. And I grab those a lot too and shoot with those as well. So yeah, it just, just anything really, I, it doesn't even really matter what it is, but right now I'm really in love with the, uh, Nikonos three. It's it's so much fun. So what sort of stuff? I'm hoping that most people who are listening to this have checked out the first episode, but what kind of stuff are you hoping to do with the podcast? Well, in fact, why the hell did you even want to make a podcast? <laughs> and if you've got a good reason, can you please let me know? Because we're, we've done a, a lot of these now and I still haven't figured out why we're doing it. So if you've got a good reason, I would love to hear it. Eric, do you want to answer this one? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, because it, it could go like a bunch of different ways. It could be like really mean. And just be like, oh, we just want to be better than everybody else's podcast. And it's there. Can't I can't lie. <laughs> so you 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 so uh, Eric's inspiration. <laughs> my my inspiration is bitterness. <laughs> oh good. No. Oh see, this is what happens, Ronya. Yeah, it's what good happened? that you're seeing this. This is the other Eric. Ah, I'm such a <laughs> jerk. No, it's no. It really what it come, came down to is. I've just been thinking a lot about photography in more ways than just gear. And I kind of always been in that, in that area, but more, more ways than just like, here's the film I'm shooting. Here's the the lens I'm using. And all those things are are super important, obviously. And I've gotten a lot of information from the podcasts that cover those things. But I've noticed that when I'm out shooting, I don't think about those things in a, in like a gear sort of way. I think of them in in kind of like a, the way a a painter thinks of of paint, I, I assume. I don't paint <laughs> but like, you know, more of the, the why, why use this gear than use this gear. And then also we have, we do stuff with history and um, like this episode coming out on Tuesday, we're doing a, a, a thing on Colorama, the Colorama displays in Grand Central Station back in the fifties through the nineties. Uh, we're doing stuff about the Holga. No, not the Holga. The other one. Hauselblad. They're, they're, no, no, Hauselblad. It's a lot like <laughs> the, the other one. In that <laughs> yeah, it's, almost identical. <laughs> yeah, I get those mixed up all the time. They took the Holgas to the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. They're very light. Yes. So, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to do something very similar to the All Through Lens zine, kind of a, uh, a podcast about film photography rather than a film photography podcast mm-hmm. actually it doesn't mean anything but it sounds good yeah it does sound good I like that <laughs> so i mean are we going to hear much about what your so the last episode the first episode um you didn't talk much about yourselves in the actual podcast um 
there was you know there was a great interview with Hannah, and you got a lot of um, listener interaction. But you didn't talk much about yourselves. Are you going to talk more about what you're doing and uh, your general activities in upcoming shows, or is it going to be more focusing on other people's stuff? Uh, I mean, I think that I'll do. A, we'll do a little bit of both. I definitely will tell everybody if I mess something up. I think it's important <laughs> to kind of point that out, and I kind of like that. I like to kind of tell people what my fa- faults are. and I would know about that, Vanya. Yeah, I, I never make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but So I think a little bit of both. Yeah. Not too much. But In this episode we talk, um, she let me borrow her Hauseblad. Ooh. And yeah, <laughs> I've never shot with anything so cheap and useless. <laughs> So it was a real, I felt like I was super slumming it. Uh, so I give my, I have, you know, I have some feelings on, on, on the Hasblad. And so we talk, oh, about 10 minutes about shooting that and what we did on our trips, our recent like weekend trips. So yeah, we, we talk, we're definitely going to talk about more, more talk about I, words. We're definitely <laughs> going to talk more about mm-hmm. ourselves. Although we're all there, just putting them in the right order was a little challenging. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And um, can we look forward to more uh, slightly racist impersonations of British people on your own <laughs> podcast? I mean, not yeah, that I was I offended, that... obviously, much. I mean, I guess that it is racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely is. I'm sure. I mean, those Anglicans have gotten the, the short end of the stick throughout most of history. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the white British people? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't incredibly happy with the guy doing the accent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, know that. I had a lot of feedback. Who's <laughs> 100% on board with your thoughts on that? That that guy, I, I wouldn't say sack him, but definitely take him outside and maybe hit him a few times. Oh <laughs> yeah, we may hire another person. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, the, the information was good, though, and that's kind of the important thing. Yes, it most certainly is. Well, I, for one, am very much looking forward to episode two and many, many more episodes. So it's going to be coming out every couple of weeks. Is that a plan? Yeah, every other Tuesday. Yeah. And um, where should people be going? Because you had quite a lot, even in episode one, of um, listener input in audio form. Um, where should people be going to do that kind of stuff? Oh, the answering machine that we check? Mm-hmm. That's all done through the magic of Instagram direct messages. There's a little microphone thing you push, and then mm-hmm. you can, people give you a minute-long voice message. And so each week, we have a question that we ask, and the people call in, call in in quotes. It's really adorable. <laughs> and they leave us their um, thoughts. It's actually been pretty pretty good for the first episode we had six people which is great for not having a podcast yeah yeah, yeah. and no videos <laughs> and no videos <laughs> luckily so, luckily uh, hang on I'm, I'm pretty sure i heard you wanted nothing but videos of butts and dicks <laughs> being sent in to you right <laughs> well i mean it depends on the owners yeah <laughs> So send all of those to the uh, All Through a Lens Instagram feed. Um, that'd be great. Well, I said, um, anybody who hasn't checked it out yet, go and do it. It's great. And as I said, as first episodes of any podcast go, it is incredibly impressive. And also just go and go and listen, because as far as the change in Eric, it's kind of like 
the All Through the Lens podcast, and I'm doing this for you, Eric, you'll appreciate this, is Eric Smeagol <laughs> to the Sunny 16's Gollum, Eric, that we get. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. You were, yeah. it, was, it was almost disturbing to hear how upbeat you were on that, um, but uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. It does mean that Sunny 16 is my precious, though. Yeah, I would certainly <laughs> hope so. Oh, that's sweet. It ends, it ends pretty well for him. So. Yeah, absolutely it does, yeah. As it should do for everybody who's podcasting. Um, we don't let people... Um, either record or we didn't we absolutely do but you know record audio as a regular thing for us and we certainly do not do what you do which is encourage videos of butts and dicks but what we do <laughs> like to encourage is listener emails and we have got a wonderful selection of listener emails this week um so with the aid of eric uh, and vanya here we're going to get through some of these um i will take this first one because i'm hoping eric you might be able to offer some thoughts on it maybe uh, we can try and figure out exactly what's going on with this because I know you know more oh. about um, you know more about some of these um, processes than I do. Uh, this is an email from Dave Walker who writes in, "Hello, Sunbeams. I don't know about you, but my jaw is still on the floor. Uh, that's unfortunate. Since Brendan Barry started posting his in-camera 10 by 8 color RA4 reversal photos and videos on Instagram, the man is a total inspiration. What with his skyscraper camera, skyscraper camera, the shipping container, the caravan, etc., etc. If you could get hold of him, he'd be an amazing guest. I really want to try the RA4 reversal process. But I'm waiting for him. Waiting for him to post a full how-to first. Cheerio for now from Dave. So, um, you guys, am I correct in saying that RA4 is color print um, technology? Yes, that's the chemical you use to make color prints. Okay, so he's making in cap. So he's taking pictures on color print paper i suppose in the same way that people do um black and white negatives using paper but with I think so that's pretty cool that is yeah, very cool i'm not cool. familiar with with brendan barry brendan barry is a very interesting gentleman who um makes cameras out of all sorts of things as mentioned on the, i haven't seen the skyscraper camera i don't know what that is but um certainly the shipping container and the caravan i've seen him make cameras out of um, massive squashes um and not just like pinhole cameras but lensed cameras he's an incredibly cheese yeah he did it's like a four by five cheese camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right I mean, it really totally helps not. with the whole say cheese thing. It's just yeah, it really does. What's this? Got you. Um, yeah, he he is a really inspirational guy. He is somebody who we have um, spoken to, and we're hoping to get on at some point. Bizarrely, for somebody who is well, maybe not bizarrely, um, technology-wise, he's not fond of using modern technology for communication um so i'm gonna try and arrange to actually hook up in person at some point and record something but uh he's right down in the south of england so it's a bit tricky but we are working on it um have either of you guys ever had a go at making color prints no i haven't i've only just you know cyanotypes that's a, that's mm. about it and just black and white how about you eric no never made a print except in like high school but I don't think that counts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm afraid we won't much help on that. But um, the, the yeah. RA4 process, I don't I don't know if it's terribly complicated. I, I think it's 
I would imagine. Hmm. I think I know you can't do it as you can with um, black and white prints. You can't do it under a red light. It has to be done in total darkness, which I guess with printmaking makes it a bit more tricky. But uh, yeah, uh, anybody out there who is making RA4 prints, I know that um, uh, John up in the dark shed, I know he does uh, RA4 prints. So uh, John, write in and let us know what's the deal with that. Actually, I'm hoping to catch up with John real soon as well. So <laughs> I'll ask him myself. Um, Eric, do you want to take this next one from Gary Quinn? Yes, Gary the Mighty Quinn. I really enjoyed listening to this week's episode and perked up at the mention of turning day into night. It really is as simple as David said. Use tungsten white balance and underexpose by two stops. Also avoid having any sky in your image as that will give the game away. I blogged about it recently and will be doing more of it in the future as having a young child means I'm basically a prisoner in my own home <laughs> after eight years. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, have either of you guys ever had a go at this because we, we were talking about this um, on Sony 16 last week um, because we've, we've got this assignment ahead of us now actually if you guys have got any good ideas just in general about how to approach this so the assignment topic is night into day or, or day into night um, and I think it was Aid um, mentioned about the idea I could, it might not have been a but I've got a head like a with lots of holes in it, um, of taking photos during the day and then using the colour balance and tweaking things like that to make it look as though they were shot at night. Is this what hey, you guys ever mucked around with? Uh, accidentally. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably on accident. I've Pretend noticed, it was on purpose. <laughs> I've noticed that if I underexpose... Uh, some of the Fuji colors, like Fuji 100, 200, 400, that yeah. kind of stuff, the real stuff. If you underexpose that by a few stops, and I'm using the ECN2 process, yeah, it does make it look like it's night, mm. and it's like it's lit with a light, but it's not. There's no extra light or anything. Um, but shooting day for night is, is actually pretty easy and pretty fun. Uh, but you, you know, you see it mostly in, in like old old crappy movies. <laughs> So, uh, and, and would that be doing, is this the technique that they're talking about here where you're underexposing it and then using the different light um, temperatures yeah. to shift them? Yeah. Yeah. And on black and white, it's super easy. So you, you just underexpose. Gotcha. You don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about any, any color balance because there's... So you love crappy old films, Eric. What would be a good crappy I... old film I could go to to see somebody doing exactly that so I could get an idea of how it can look? I would say... Not the day the Earth stood still. Um, the day this the Earth island, started moving again. Uh, this island Earth has some wonderful driving scenes where they shot day for night, and it's very obvious. Or there's just a lot of shadow cast from the moon. <laughs> Has happened. Has which, happened. which does happen. You do get moon shadows. That's true. Stephen told us, but not like this. It's it's really a fun movie. So yeah, check that one out. Okay, and um, whilst we're on the subject of this, have either of you guys, uh, Vanya, if a night into day, how would you tackle that? I mean, that's as broad as it is. How would you tackle creating something, either a single image or multiple images, to convey the idea of day into night or night into day? I don't want to put you on the spot at all. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, something comes to mind. I did. Um, I had a mistake recently and i think it was i want to say it was like pan f and i had a red filter on my camera and i was like oh shit this is not going to come out at all 
uh, but I ended up developing it and it looks so crazy. And if you can like somehow overexpose it or some way it looks, it was in the day, but it looks so dark and black and kind of creepy, scary. <laughs> Do you remember that, Eric? That shot? That was in no. Yellowstone. Oh, yes. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Cause I, I imagine, I mean, the red filter, I guess, would turn the sky really dark. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so that idea. could be fun. Oh, it's an incredibly impossible idea to do today. But back in the olden days, just start with the time machine. <laughs> do you remember? Have you seen like really large panoramas of groups? They took them a lot during World War One of like entire regiments. Yeah, the um, they're really long. The banquet cameras. The, um, I don't know what they're called, actually, but the ones that, that exposed as you went. Yeah. Like, they would go along a track, and so, like, kids would run from one end to the other and be in the picture twice. Yeah. Okay. So, slow one of those down to a crawl, which means you'd have to have, like, a lot of ND filters. Just, like, stack them up. And then just shoot over, say, three hours, moving it, you know, periodically and smoothly... So you get in tonight. <laughs> that is a very good idea. Be, it is. I mean, it'd be a lot easier to do digitally because mm. you could just combine two pictures. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Could, but you could probably the f- do that. Yeah. Where is the fun in that? Come on, people. <laughs> and whatever oh. happened to these cameras? Like, you don't you go to an antique store and see these cameras anywhere, but they used to be everywhere. Yeah. Mind you, I mean, you say everywhere. I, that might be. I mean, I'm sure they were used, in, like, they were used everywhere, but the actual number of people out there with them because it's quite a specialist thing i guess people who were going to things like schools and colleges and stuff like that would have had them but that's probably you know, one person for a fairly large area going around taking these there probably aren't that many of them about but yeah i've never come across one which is a never, weird thing never seen yeah never seen one even in like museums never oh. seen one they're okay. neat though yeah but so that's my idea so good luck guys so just go back in time, steal somebody's banquet yeah. camera or whatever they're called, uh, and then come back. Okay, and then somehow slow it down so that you can reduce the shutter speed um, from what I imagine must have been, I don't know, sub one minute to three hours. That's quite a lot of ND filters, I'm going to guess. But uh, anything is possible. Everything's yeah, doable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, this next email, actually another one I think you guys might be able to help me on, um, is from Steve Morley. I can't just say I love the fact that we've got some emails in from some new listeners or uh, new emailers, new correspondents this week. That's fantastic. Um, Steve writes in, Hi, Sonny's long-time listener but first-time writer. I've just listened to your podcast about developing Portra in the Tetanol C41 kit. As it happened, I was just looking at my very first two rolls of colour film that I developed this weekend using the Tetanol kit. One film was a roll of portrait that I had discovered half exposed in an Olympus XA. I opened the camera, thinking it was empty, accidentally fogging the middle of the film, but exposed the rest on a recent trip this summer. The first shots were from 2016 and the rest were from this summer. The film was in my camera for three years, just lying around with my other cameras. I was very pleased with the results from the whole roll of film and can safely say that there is no difference in quality between the two periods of between uh, a fresh roll um, or between a fresh roll of portrait for that matter. 
So I think it can be safe to say that film, portrait at least, can be shot and then stored at room temperature for up to three years. The results are up on my Flickr feed for anybody interested. I would add that developing colour is easy. The only hard part is getting the chemicals to the right temperature. I love listening to the show. It always makes my evening. All the best from Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. So this is a follow-up uh, on an email we had last week um, where a listener was, I think, just starting to develop colour film and was concerned because he'd um, read on some places on the internet where people are saying, once you've shot film, you need to develop it as quickly as possible. I think some places were saying, you know, you should develop these films within sort of 72 hours of shooting. Uh, and obviously, if you're not shooting a lot of colour film, um, then the chemicals don't last very long. <laughs> so it's like, well, should I save up a load of film but risk it going off? Or So that was the general um, thing. What are your experiences? I mean, Eric, I know you shoot with films that are you know incredibly old um yeah. is this a thing that people should be concerned about yeah i mean yes and no i mean it yeah you can in the same way that you can like over bleach you can or over fix i guess you can you can do this like there there is a there is a tipping point where you're going to lose stuff or you're going to lose quality mm -hmm. and it depends on the film and it depends on how it's stored and all of that. But for general purpose, not really. I think a lot of these quote unquote rules were written for professionals who, who color need, you know, color is obviously very important and needs to match and all of that. But also for people who are just like, oh my God, look at all this amazingly hard work that I'm doing. If I would have let these go for 74 hours, I would, everything would have been ruined. So I think a lot of it's BS. But yeah, I mean, store film properly. And develop as soon as you can. That said, I've got a lot of film that I need to develop, and I'm not incredibly worried about it. What about you, Vanya? Are you pretty good? Do you tend to shoot, develop, go, or are you more like me where you'll have a roll of film? Uh, Dave, who was with us last week, said, oh, yeah, as far as I know, the only one that you really have to be careful with is, um, is Pan F. And I'm like, oh, I've had a roll of Pan F off shot <laughs> in the camera for three years now. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, you're marinating it. It's fine. Yeah, it improves <laughs> with age. It does. It really does. It's like a fine wine. <laughs> I do a little bit of both. Um. I noticed 35 will, depending if it's, if I'm not shooting in the water and it's just like out on land, uh, I won't shoot the whole 36 exposures and it'll sit and yeah. sit and sit forever. I just can't finish a roll. That's why I think I like medium format because I, I kind of like the limit of 10 to 12 shots. Uh, I tend to, you know, get them done, uh, with my kits. I should be a little better about it. What I try to do is at least gather a couple rolls before I mix it because it does only last about like three months or so. Um, and, you know, I tend to try to push it as far as I can. And, you know, I, I think it would be smart to kind of gather a bunch of color and then mix your chemicals so then you know you can get them all done right away and still have plenty of shelf life yeah yeah that that was kind of 
where I came down on it as well is that um, you're the you're more at risk of getting screwed up results from trying to stretch the time you've got the developer going than you are of time you've got the film kicking around for because um, that's mm-hmm. that doesn't nice. um Eric, you were saying just a second ago that you're currently developing your colour stuff in EC2N, which is the sort of cinema um, film uh, chemicals, yeah. is that right? Is the lifespan on that similar to um, usual C41 chemicals or does it last for longer hanging around? I don't I don't know. It doesn't last any shorter, but I'm pretty careless <laughs> with, uh, with stuff like that. Uh, I've never... The developers seem to be pretty stable. Every bit as stable as C41, if not more, but probably about the same. It's the same same developer as as uh, as uh, uh, E6, same developing agent, and there is E6. So it lasts about as long as that. Uh, the bleach is the stuff that goes bad more quickly, and and blitz really? also, yeah, because the pH level it has to pH level, or it just doesn't work anymore. So what they do professionally is to to make it more acidic which is what you need they add sulfuric acid which is fun yeah (laughs) really fun so uh yeah that you do have to watch that but that's every every that's blix too so i mean it so it probably lasts about as long as that but since i mix them separately if one goes bad i just replace one rather than replace both yeah oh that's interesting i suppose i for some reason i think i always assumed that um, the bleach and the fix would be good for far, far longer than the developer ever would be. Um, no. Not as far as I've my, not not as far as my experience goes. Gotcha. And Vanya, what um, kits do you tend to use for your color developing? I use Tetanol you use usually. Tetanol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I you like have... it. I try. I have tried Eric's um, ECN two, and uh, I did not. <laughs> Sorry, Eric, I did not like it. And you have to have the temp at, I think it's 106. Six for the developer, 100 for everything else. Yeah, and for I don't like that. I do not like that. It's like 106 and then everything else is like 100. I, I just kind of like it to be steady all the way through. Yeah. I, with C41, I tend to go, you can go, okay, developer has to be at 100. Well, after that, you know, uh, just take the chill <laughs> yeah. off. It'll be fine. <laughs> after yeah. that, good luck, everyone. Um, That's uh, how I do, like, my black and white. I, it's usually just, like, a stock, and I don't – usually I don't um, even temper it. I don't care. I it comes was, out oh, just fine. Is that why everything that you shoot is – Shut up. <laughs> It's overexposed because I do that on purpose. I overexpose all my yes, an artistic everything. choice, Eric. How rude! Um, exactly. <laughs> I yesterday I had uh, mentioned on the show before Rory, um, my, uh, a local photographer, a talented local photographer, yeah. come around, yeah. and he um, he wanted to have a go at developing his first role of uh, one twenty film. He, we did thirty five mil, and he said, okay, let's have a go at this one twenty. I um, lent him my Holger. And um, he shot that, and it was one. It's the perfect way to do it because he shot it in a Holger, and it was slightly expired film. He's like, I don't, I'm not worried if it doesn't go well. So okay, this is perfect because loading 120 film is is not as easy as loading 35 mil. There's just no yeah. two ways about it, especially if you can get the end out of your 35 mil and start that bad boy off in the daylight. But that's a walk in the park. So. Um, Anyway, after a bit of struggling, uh, we managed to get the 120 onto the reel and got in the tank. 
and we were sort of halfway through developing it um, when I still went, oh, I should probably check what the temperature of this developer actually was because we were just doing it on the time for 20 degrees and I stuck the thermometer in and it was like 15 degrees. I'm like, oops, <laughs> we, oh, we might need to add a bit of time to this. <laughs> I was using the film dev app. I said, okay, as soon as the film dev app hits zero, you start a timer just on your phone. I'll, 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 I'll look what the time should be and we'll just add that. And it's fine. It all came out fine. I mean, yeah, mostly okay. fine. Um, we, when there was developed, the pictures came out. So, oh, it's great. These are developed. This fine. Um, there seems to be quite a lot of motion blur. That's weird on a Holger. I mean, of all the problems that Holger's like, except for motion blur. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, no. there's a switch on the bottom that turns it to bulb that apparently he had it turned on to. So on bulb. Shooting oh. on bulb. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I think. That's the great thing about Holger, though. It all just adds to the Holgerness of it all, doesn't it? It's just more Lomo now. So it's a good <laughs> yeah, the astronauts had a lot of problems with that. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, failing in style. Um, uh, yeah, it's it great. Actually, I was talking about sort of spent chemicals because I um, recently got gone. Not I suppose a few months ago now. Um, got given some uh, Fomodon LQN. Uh, by and I think I think this is right from um, John Michael Mendeza. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and I wanted to use it because I opened it a short while ago, and this stuff does not last very long once you've opened it. Um, so uh, it's great for Fomapam. And I had uh, this roll, which Rory had. I had the roll of um, 35 mil Foma. Um, not sorry. <laughs> Whoops. I had the roll of 35 mil. Um, Oh, it's gone from my brain now. Cosmo Photo. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's um, FOMA, right? Is that... uh, yeah, it, it is. But it's, it's but okay. with far prettier packaging. Um, Great packaging. Yeah, it's, it is fantastic packaging. Uh, I really want to get one of yeah. those t-shirts. Um, and I also and that was the role I've shot in the Fed too, which I finally finished. Um, and actually, I have to say, really. Really pleased with the results in that camera. Um, takes really nice pictures. The one, the one thing I did discover was that um, on the pictures where I took the camera out of its never-ready case, there's definitely a few light leaks in there. <laughs> so I need to remember oh, wow. that. Um, but yeah, really pleased with that. Um, um, and also a few sheets of film, um, which was fun because uh, I've been shooting FOMA. But um, yeah, that... that the, the FOMA developer, is that the stuff they use for the retro? Um, I think you can do. I mean, it, it's Foma's own developer. Uh, yeah, they have I've, a developer for the 320 retro stuff. Yeah, this isn't Whatever. specifically for that one. Um, oh, okay. But but it's. I was it's, sent some, and I didn't know what to do with it yet. Yeah, I I've been very pleased with the results I've got from this with in in all formats. It's been really nice with the Foma and. Um, Certainly, looking at the results, uh, particularly well, the ones that I've got from the um, the Fed two and from the large format stuff, it's done a real nice job. Uh, it has done a real nice job, so I definitely recommend that. Although it's not the easiest stuff to get hold of. So, um, anyway, uh, moving on, and um, we've got a quick one here, um, which I'll read because it's just very short from Ian Fleming, uh, who's just writing to say I've re-downloaded uh, last week's episode and it's fine. Um, that's because. Anybody who didn't do that or may not have seen social media, I messed up last week's recording um, again. I managed to put the show out. So when we record, as we will do this evening, um, all three of us are recording our own tracks separately, locally. 
uh, and then everybody sends them to me and I put them all together but I have a, a general recording of everybody as a sort of a sync track so I can line them all up because you get something called um, audio drift where because of complicated internet stuff um, everything's tracks are slightly out of sync and so you line them all up using that and then you just delete the sync track and that's your podcast all put together and I forgot to do the delete the sync track bit and put it out as it was which meant that if you downloaded episode 43 of backing paper last week nice and early you may have got quite an echoey experience um sorry everyone <laughs> again i'm doing a lot of apologizing lately um that has if you couldn't get through that which is understandable i have re-uploaded a non-echoey version now although vanya you said you listened to the whole thing yeah with the echo. <laughs> i did it was awesome <laughs> 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 so if you want the experience of having some sort of weird ear infection maybe or something like that where everything's just bouncing around um but um we did also have last week uh actually we'll save that one from paul till last um oh this is great because it's going to leave you with a nice long one eric um do you want to read this next one eric from perry g from the classic lenses podcast okay uh hi rachel aid and jeremy <laughs> Jago, okay. Yeah, they're not very good with names <laughs> right. on that podcast. Aw, sad. Listening to the discussion of street photography in the UK during episode 169, nice, I felt a wave of depression sweeping over me, how <laughs> apprehensive and untrusting the tone of the whole discussion was. Wow. Uh, not, not that I disagreed with everything that was said, but I found it saddening to hear an activity that brings so much to my life described so negatively. <clears throat> well, let's uh, buckle in here. Street photography allows the photographer to experience and shoot the whole spectrum of the human condition. And I find that my mindset can have a huge impact on both the shooting experience and re uh, resulting images. It can bore, it can excite, it can depress, it can uplift, it can inspire, it can stifle, it can be novel, it can be mundane. I love the way that it can both reflect the mindset and worldview of the photographer and capture the vibe and spirit of a location and its people. Not sure if I'm actually trying to make a point here. Uh, just that if you go into a street shoot feeling worried about the whole experience, that will reflect in your demeanor, how people react to you and your resulting images. I love going on photo walks with fellow film shooters in Hong Kong, which also isn't the friendliest city. Uh, but if we followed the mantra of not shooting strangers or children, we wouldn't shoot any photos at all. Uh, while I also don't shoot homeless people out of respect, I have no problem shooting strangers or children, whether up close or afar. If I get noticed, I just smile and give a thumbs up. If you feel apprehensive or try to hide, that's when a lot of people will see you as creepy. From kids playing to craftsmen at work to people walking among architecture, architecture, uh, to shoving a camera in the face of an angry off police officer who's getting ready to beat up some protesters. There's so much to explore that strict adherence to rules can be so stifling. Uh, anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work and don't be afraid of street photography. Cheers, Perry G of the Classic Lenses podcast. P.S. I had a great meetup with a listener of our show a few weeks ago in Hong Kong who discovered it after Aid went on as a guest. Small world. Oh, and if you guys are ever in Hong Kong, hit me up and we'll go shoot some street. Yeah, that's a very good email. Um, I'm going to come to you in a minute, Eric, because I know you have thoughts and feelings on this. Um, <laughs> uh, 
But I don't know what your feelings on street photography are, Vanya. Uh, I don't really do much of it. Um, I I would, but yeah, I guess I do like people's privacy. I, I, I don't really like to shoot people without them knowing, so mm-hmm. I have a hard time with it. I mean, if I'm in the water, it's a little different. I'm, I am shooting people, but they, for the most part, they know who I am and they know what I'm doing and... It's film for some reason. Sometimes, like when it's film, it makes it easier. It's not. I, I I don't know why, but yeah, I just I don't do it much. I should. I should try. I mean, maybe I will. I, I would have thought surely L.A. is like that's the place to do it, right? Because everybody there kind of wants to be noticed, don't they? I mean, that's one of the things that absolutely. Um, is it just is is it um your confidence in getting out there doing it or is it just not a style of shooting that you're particularly interested in seeing anyway yeah it's a little bit of both um i love walking downtown and you know shooting architecture but just people in general walking around um i think i just struggle with it uh i don't know how i'd feel if someone was taking my picture and then not telling me about it Mm -hmm. um and then posting it somewhere i guess that would kind of make me feel uncomfortable i would like to be aware i yeah. guess yeah okay eric what are your feelings on street photography <laughs> this is gonna be fun no and then, <laughs> you're <laughs> overselling my my opinion on this. i i mean I, i'm okay let's, let's start with the good i'm glad that he has a, a policy against not shooting homeless people uh they don't have a choice of being on the street whereas most other people do and so I can understand why he would say, well, those other people are fair game, but I'm glad that he decides that, well, okay, homeless people just, you know, have some respect. And yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I extend that to pretty much everybody, mm. uh, especially when you can recognize faces. Now I don't, I'm not in a lot of places where there are people where I'm, when I'm shooting. So, I mean, I'm coming at it from a, a different angle. Obviously, if there's a person in my shot, I generally won't take the shot till the person gets out of my shot. So I'm obviously coming up from a different angle, but yeah, I don't, I think I'm with Vanya on this. I don't like, I wouldn't like my picture being taken by a stranger or even someone who's not a stranger and posted somewhere. And especially if like I've had a small child and they took a picture of my small child and put it up on the internet. I'm sorry. That's uh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, don't do that. But no, I don't know. I think that, I think that there's, there's my line. Don't do that. Yeah. Stop doing it. Stop assuming that it's okay to do that just because, well, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't take any pictures. Well, that's that's kind of bullshit because I take a ton of pictures without people in them. So you can take pictures without people. You can even take street pictures without people or you can take pictures on the street without people. Yeah. But, you know, these are mine and he's got a different opinion and I'm not going to, you know, this is not a hill I'm going to die on. This is not 120 millimeter film. <laughs> not really an important subject. Um, I, mean, I think what prompted Perry to write in was that um, he felt that um, Anil, when we did the, the show about organizing photo walks, um, there was, I think, I don't know if it's necessarily negative, but there was a lot of talk about the way you're, you know, you have to be careful when you're out there and be mindful of people and, and stuff like that. And um, I, I think. You you do have to be you do have to be mindful. I mean, it's fairly regular now that you see some article on Petapixel or wherever it may be about somebody getting into trouble taking pictures 
of people. Um, there was a thing at uh, some county fair in the States, a guy got in, you know, an angry mob coming at him. Um, somebody got punched at uh, a carnival in London recently, taking pictures of people. I mean, again, like... Sean Penn a- visiting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it was, yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the there is um, people getting thumped for doing this. I, yeah, and I don't think that's right. I mean, I think that's kind of silly. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and I mean, it's. I think you're right. I think you. We all have to draw our own personal lines. I, I would hate a world where street photography wasn't happening. I mean, there are so many amazing photographs out there that just wouldn't exist if people hadn't been taking these pictures. Um, but you know, it's a spectrum of stuff, and and some of like Perry's. Um, uh, uh, pictures he's been taking. He's, I've seen some of the pictures that he took recently when all the um, protests were going in on Hong Kong. You know, and these were yeah. important pictures. That... Well, I think that's a different thing too. I mean, that's yeah. not just like randos on the street. There's like this is history. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's a different. I think that's a very different thing. So yeah, I've seen those and yeah, amazing stuff and important. And that's the most important thing. It's it's an important photo that he's taking. So yeah, those are those are awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of it comes down to intent, intent as to what you're trying to create. And there is a difference between taking a picture where you see an image that's constructed with the people as part of it and, and why it all comes together and like this is going to be a good image because of the people in it um, and the way that they're positioned and all, and all of these things and the light and blah, blah, blah. And kind of capturing people because there's people on the street and just to get a picture of a person... I think that that's where it starts to fall down a little bit. Um, you know, just taking pictures of people who are on the street, just to have a collection of people who are on the street. You know, that. But we already have surveillance cameras. There's not not a need for those photographers. Yeah, but it's different. I mean, I, I feel for people. You know, I, a lot of people. I I've done some street photography. I've taken some pictures of people um, whilst they've been out and about. I'm not very good at it, and I kind of. I would like to do more of it and be better at it because when I see street photography done well, it's amazing. Uh, it, it, is. it is the it is the sort of very essence of what photography does that nothing else can do, which is it, it captures a, a a second less than a second in time, a moment uh, of people in juxtaposition that will yeah. never ever happen again. And um, so when you see it done well, it's incredible. Um, but uh, yeah. But I guess people just need to be more mindful when they're out there doing it these days. I think so. They need to stop falling back on the, well, I'm in public, it's legal excuse. Because there's a lot of legal things you can do in public that are kind of crappy. So <laughs> maybe give it a little, if you're going to do it, give it a little more thought than, well, I'm allowed to do it. Because if, if you're only doing something because you're allowed to do it, it's a dumb reason to do something. So think a little bit before you do it. And, you know, obviously Perry has thought quite a lot about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So do that. Follow this guy. But, yeah, I think yeah. there is a, a, you know, you can kind of check the vibe, you know, and and see, you know, if it's a good time to be taking a photo or not, you know, just. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think <laughs> treat people the way you would want to be treated. And, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I talked on that show about um the fact that uh, NASA and I had been out trying to take a picture of a building and the, oh, the, the inhabitants of that building had come out in a fury. <laughs> like, you, you know, you're invading our privacy, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, as you said, Eric, it doesn't matter whether it's absolutely fine for us to legally be there doing it. If it's causing upset to that person, then I don't want to do it. 
we didn't realize yeah. it was we had no way of knowing we just thought we're taking a picture of a building here but it was so we stopped when we yeah. found out um because it yeah kind of i had yeah i had an issue like that too uh, where a woman came out taking a picture of a door i thought it was honestly i thought it was an abandoned uh, building mm. and it was a picture of a door and she came out she's like what are you doing <laughs> like oh i'm just walking around taking pictures she's like well not here you're not Okay, you're right. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, they got the final say. You know, plus you know, places already go. They're armed. So, yeah, you got to respect people. And yeah, I won't take. I generally won't take pictures of buildings where people are living. Not not knowingly, anyway. Generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. It's a bummer. Right? It's it's a bummer that people seem um, more primed to be negative towards having their picture taken bizarrely these days. But there you go. This is the world we live in. Um, it is. This next email is from Anthony Pearson. Uh, Anthony writes in, Ahoy, Sunny16. In your Backing Paper podcast, episode 43, when it finally came out, you talked about how long you can leave exposed film before posting it. Ah, excellent. Another one on this. Um, when my father died, I inherited his cameras. I found a film in one of his roller flexes and another in an Ensign Selfix that I used to use. When I got the films developed, I was amazed to see 40-year-old pictures lurking behind the fogging and foxing. Out of the roll effects came a 10-year-old mid-70s me standing in a Hepworth sculpture in the grounds of Exeter University. I think I remember my dad taking the picture. I certainly remember climbing around the sculpture. Would I recommend leaving film in the camera for 40 years? Clearly not the best workflow for tip-top results, but if you're after foxing and general spookiness and don't mind a slight weight, then this process could be for you. Um, and Anthony included uh, some great pictures, which I will um, find a way of sharing. I might send those over to Matty to stick on something um, that really do uh, show the vintage charm of these pictures. And, and as he said, there's, there's a lot of fogging and foxing on them, but 40 years, that's not bad going, is it? No, that's amazing. I, I, so my mom gave me a bag of undeveloped color film and occasionally I'll like pull one out and develop it. And it's so fun because no one's seen these pictures before. And, you know, you see, I see my brothers and sisters like super young. I mean, they're all fogged up of course, but it's just fun. I, I, I like it. So yeah. Marinate for 40 years. Why not? Yeah. And then sell it to lamography to sell it. <laughs> so exactly. it can be um, aged like a fine wine. Yeah. Uh, if, if you find film, like oh, black and white film and old cameras, always try to develop it. There's always something fun on it. Uh, I would suggest developing an HC110 because it has a chemical in it to cut fogging. Is that the bromide? Pretty well, I do not know. Let's I say it sound is. like I know it. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I know it. I think it's potassium bromide, I think is the active chemical that um, okay. helps keep that down. Yeah. Yeah. So do that as a stand or as, uh, well, there's lots of formulas out there. You'll figure it out. Um, okay. So follow-up question. What if you come across a roll of film that is a color process that is from the 50s, 60s, 70s? What would you do with that? I've heard of people stand developing it in cold or room temperature C41, but I don't, I've never done it myself. You can do it in black and white. Yeah. And again, I've done that either. Uh, actually, is that true? Have I? Okay. If I have, it's been stand in HC110, but I yeah. don't know if I've done that. So I've developed 
it was a roll of um, Kodak uh, Kodachrome 2, I think, um, which that process was long, long since gone. I think the roll of film was from the 1960s, and I, I, hmm, I probably developed it in HC110, but I might not have done, but I definitely developed it in some black and white. I did just about to get images out of it, but it was pretty messed up. Um, but I've got a couple of rolls of old colour film that I pulled out of some old folding cameras. So again, I'm guessing that these rolls of film have probably been there since the 60s. So um, so HC110 stand development, that's the way to go. Either that or there's a 1 plus 90 for 20 minutes. That's the formula, well actually, that's the formula Ansel Adams used for everything in the 80s. That's his just go-to, it's just what he did. Well, that also is this global. an HC110 again? Yeah. Okay. I've I've never tried stand development. Um, do you why why is stand or very long development better for films like that? Uh, you can kind of. I don't. Okay, it's, it's not necessarily better. So if you know the time, see if you get like old ass Tri-X, just use Tri-X times in HC110. You're fine. But if you get some old film that you don't know what it is, you know it's like could be some. Agfa stuff or, or just some rando stuff uh, then do stand I always use stand for stuff that I just don't know okay good tip there yeah. and um, a lot of people use Rodnell as well don't they stand developing in Rodnell for um, if, you, if you're not sure but as you said the yeah um, but you're going to get a lot of grain and a lot of fog with that gotcha with the old, the old films. gotcha okay um, do you want to take this next one uh, Eric from Theo Panagopoulos Yes. G'day, Sunbeams. I recently sent in my experience with the one-hour one, one hour photo, no, one-hour challenge in Auckland and was very pleased to hear it played at the end of the show. At the time, I had not processed my photos as I was still away from home and it was <laughs> just the bad and windy audio. <laughs> I cannot recall... I do remember that. It was windy. It was a little I cannot bit. Recall, <laughs> I cannot recall who made the comment. But someone in the podcast said that without the photos, it must be a scam. That would be Rachel. I am, oh, Rachel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the lovely Rachel would never say this, so I will just go ahead and blame Jeremy. <laughs> Rather than... <laughs> uh, Graham. Rather than just send in some attached photos, which I have, I have also written about the experience with more photos to share. The Sunny 16 podcast are of course mentioned and described there. The post can be found at this link, and I'm assuming the link will be in the show notes. Yes, it certainly will. Yay. Alternatively, alternatively, people can just go to photothinking.com and search for one hour challenge. I hope this, you know, I hope you enjoy the photos. Keep the sunshine on film photography. Theo. Yeah, I will put a link in that. The, the pictures, which unfortunately only I can see because I'm not that organised, um, they're really lovely pictures. Theo got some really lovely pictures in his one hour. Um, they're all taken, I think this was when he was in Auckland, if I remember correctly. And, that's, what the, that's what the email says. Yeah, yeah that's what the email says, yeah. Um, and yeah, just lovely pictures taken down um, by the marina and boats and the city skyline. And I don't know, it looks like there's some sort of... Um, coolant towers or something that have been graffitied with all sorts of um poetry or and or just statements uh this was a low altitude exocet shag uh late for lunch 
hurtles across. This is the life that goes godlessly on, a poem without words, a gift without conditions. I mean, that poem has words in it. <laughs> that poem's it does, a line. Yeah. So it wasn't talking about itself. No, clearly not. Maybe about the missile. I don't know. I don't really understand poetry. But, um, but yeah, the pictures are lovely. So I will put a link to Theo's blog post in the website. In the, in the show notes, that's what I meant. <laughs> On the website. In all On of the these web- places, yeah. Um, we have got an email here. This is a good one. I'm hoping you're going to be able to help me with this, both of you, because this, really, this is one of the questions that we don't get asked or get emailed about very often. This is from Fausto Randolph. Uh, Faust, he was a good guy, right? This should be fine. Uh, it says, hello. <laughs> you want a clever step-by-step method to almost instant online flips hell yes i do flip magic is the ultimate formula for online profits it is carefully designed video training modules will walk you through the whole process inside its members area as members area that's not to ask about our members areas Um, (laughs) as promised i'm not sure where it's promised it's not overwhelming the vendors will reveal their five minute copy and paste trick it's the best trick which makes everything easy even a complete newcomer can do this. They'll take no. you by the hand and walk you through the whole system. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a question for both of you. What kind of flips do you think we're talking about here? Because I'm quite <laughs> excited. Uh, Backflips? I would, if there's somewhere I can go, uh, some sort of members area that I can go to that'll just teach me how to do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah, some sort of gymnastics. <laughs> very exciting. Not overwhelming. I, no, I believe it. they're probably referring to the Belle Biv DeVoe song, which is, I quote, smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> that makes yeah. a lot of sense. That does make but a lot online. of sense. But online. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will definitely be following this up. There's a, there was a link at the bottom, which I will definitely be clicking, because honestly... <laughs> That five-minute copy and paste trick is something that I've been wondering about for a long time because I can <laughs> I can never figure out that copy and paste trick. So very exciting. Oh, my copy and paste only lasts about three minutes, and it's very disappointing. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to follow that up with anything. No further comments about your paste. Um, <laughs> Following up to our uh, question, we had a few questions come in after our question and answer show last week that should arrived too late for me to include in the show. And I want to try and get to a few of them now. So I've got you guys here. You can help answer these questions. Um, yes. So we had an email in from friend of the show, Paul Mackay uh, from Analog Wonderland. So um, guys, I'm going to let you field these. Um, they're quite stupid because um, well, I was going to say because Paul, but Paul's a delight. So that, that's not fair. Um, question number one. If you could only shoot with one shutter speed and aperture for the rest of your life, uh, if you bought a real, if you let's we're back to Holger here, really, aren't we? What would they be? OK, Vanya, one shutter speed and aperture for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? Uh... <laughs> 100 f8 i guess sounds boring great it's boring hey they're classics two of the classics eric yeah so classic so boring i would shoot with f64 (laughs) Mm -hmm. half second half second great wonderful yeah again just a classic i think i'm gonna go with 5.6 um let's say 250 
Yeah. Again, I mean, okay. again, it's just, you know, it's versatile. It's in there. You can yeah. work with that. You can just great. Lovely. Uh, next question. <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> Would you rather be a badger or a ferret? Do you know what these badger. animals are? A badger. Yeah. Badger. No, wait, ferret. Ferret. Okay. Ferret for Eric. No. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. We've locked you in a ferret. Uh, Vanya, badger or ferret? Uh, badger. <laughs> do you do you know what these two creatures are? <laughs> yeah, they have Good. like the badger has the crazy tail, right? And the ferret's like super okay. long, and they steal things and hide <laughs> hide them. <laughs> okay. What are you talking about. I, uh, yeah, I think Vanya's gone crazy. Um, I like how she just doesn't answer no. <laughs> No, no is an acceptable answer. No, no. that was not. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Badger because um, the Badger's got yes, the cool stripes going on. Team Badger. Yeah, to, to be honest, uh, the fa my facial hair with the uh, advancing age, I'm becoming far more Badger-like all the time. I've just got these big white. <laughs> oh, what does that say about me? No. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we, we won't talk about your facial hair. It's all right. Um, Are, aren't ferrets stinky? Uh, yeah, they they are. Um, you don't know. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, ferrets, uh, ferrets. So the most noticeable thing about nose in the UK is that people in the north. This is this is the most sweeping of generalizations. Ferrets are noted for being put down the trousers of people in the north of the UK. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's move Wait, on. Doesn't Rachel me. live in the north? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she always has a ferret down her trousers. That's. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Question three. Again, these are all thanks to Paul Mackay from Analog Wonderland. I want to make sure nobody forgets the who, who's responsible for this. Um, okay. Snog, marry, avoid. Okay, and here are your choices. Uh, I want to give you some thought to this. So you've got Kodak Ektachrome, Ilford HP5, Cinestill 800T. That's quite tough here. Okay, so um, again, Vanya, I'm going to come to you first this time. Snog, marry, avoid. Ektachrome, HP5, and 800T. Uh, you're gonna have to tell me what snog is. <laughs> snog, kiss. Oh my god, a kiss. Make out with. <laughs> Make out with. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I would say, yeah. Snog with Sinistil. Mm-hmm. And marry Kodak Ektachrome, and avoid HP five. The devil you say, uh, Eric. I'm hoping you're gonna <laughs> write this wrong. No, those were mine. What? Uh -huh. You're in my head, Vanya. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, okay, I'm going to give the correct answer now, which is... Oh, that's tough, actually, because they're kind of all kind of highly desirable. Um, it's definitely marry HP5. I'm definitely going to marry HP5. Because <laughs> you're going to have a lot of co-wives, co a lot of sister wives there. Um, yes. Uh, and... Um, I think I, I, you know, I, I haven't tried. Um, I'm gonna say snog ectochrome. You know what? I think uh, I, I would don't want to avoid 800T, but if I have to pick one, I'm gonna go with snog ectochrome. And um, but yeah, definitely marry HP5. That is a good faithful partner for life in HP5. Oh, it, no matter through thick nice. and thin, HP5 will be there. Sunshine or rain, no matter what, HP5 will be there. Not like that flighty ectochrome. Oh, if it's sunny, great. There for the good times, but what about when it's raining? No, it's, yeah. And finally, it'll eventually come out in 120, right? 
yeah, yeah, eventually, yeah. It and, was and, April, when, right? and when it's a dark and gloomy day, you'll still be wishing uh, you'd been faithful to HP five. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe not so much you in LA, Vanya. I can understand your choice, but Eric, what are you doing? What are you, your life choices, <laughs> Erica? I've made it abundantly clear that I don't know what I'm talking about. That's true. Uh, question number four: uh, Is this the way to Amarillo? Yes, Eric. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, uh, go with yes. Always agree with the lady. Um, uh, and that's love and snuggles from Paul. We had a couple of other questions actually. Let's see if we can bring those up quickly because um, they were less uh, ridiculous than Paul's. Uh, hard to believe, I realise. Um, so give, give me one second whilst I very quickly find where I should be on the internet. I did find it earlier and then I've lost it again. Um, so we got uh, got a question from Simon Forster, which I'm going to ignore. Um, okay, so Dan Kay, who's a very good follow on Twitter. Uh, here's a, a deeper question, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, how do you anticipate your photography preferences and philosophy will change after another 10 years experience? Uh, so, you know, what do you reckon, Eric? Do you think your preferences and philosophy will change over the next 10 years? I would hope so. Because if I'm still doing this shit, and <laughs> right we'll, i mean shouldn't yeah. we no we should think that way right yeah absolutely but yeah. i mean i hope that i, d I get better at like oh god i hope i get better at everything but yeah i mean like philosophically i hope i learn things like in, a, in like a broader sense i hope i learn like technical stuff too but i hope i learn to like not do certain things or not think certain ways and maybe be a better person and, and then i'll be like in my mid 50s I've, I, yeah i don't know man that's scary <laughs> <laughs> a scary question what about you vanya do you do you have a direction yeah. you feel like you're going or you want to go in with your stuff um yeah loosely i I would say the same. I mean, obviously you want to grow and get better at things, of course. And I'm kind of open to whatever happens. I don't know what I'm going to like in 10 years. And that's kind of fun and exciting. Yeah. You think you'll figure out how to meet her? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Do you think um, you should be four by five then? Seriously, though. Yes, I will. Yeah, okay. I that's that would be the next venture for sure. In the water. <laughs> oh, that yes. would be great. That, that would, would be, great. be awesome. Um, for my part, I think, uh, again, we're talking about what we would like to be, I guess. There's no way of knowing what will be, but I think I'd like to get to the point where I was perhaps throwing less crap at a wall and hoping something sticks and maybe acting with more... Um, of a determined path like I'm going to do this because I want to get these results whereas at the moment I'm trying lots of different things and having varied levels of success so like the, the pictures I recently um, this weekend developed on uh, my 4x5 pictures I looked at those and like qualitatively they're probably the best results I've got so far it's like oh I managed to focus this properly and use the movements properly and expose properly like qualitatively not necessarily content wise they're still boring pictures but that's kind of getting there and I kind of I want to get to the point where I'm the things that I've learned are being applied to subject matter that is worthwhile that's what I'm aiming for as opposed to so at the moment it's just like well I'll just take pictures of whatever and hope that by the 
cosmic rays of chance, something will come up that's worth looking at. Um, but good question. I think it's one that's always worth thinking about because I think if oh, you don't think about, I've never thought about, yeah, if you don't think about where you want to get to, you'll never think about how you're going to get there, um, and you can just kind of bumble around doing whatever. But, and that's hold on. What did you say? <laughs> you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. If, um, if you if you if you don't think about where you want to get to, you won't think about how you get where there. you're going to get how you get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes that's logical. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that don't sound so surprised. Rude. Um, I know, Eric, you're being so rude. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay. Sad. We've got a, a sort of similar question to sad. one we had earlier. Um, and again, it's an equally difficult one for you guys to answer. Not quite as bad as aperture <laughs> and shutter speed, but um, this from Al Dav or Al, Dave, Al, Al Davenport, let's go with the full name, um, who's at trend to signif on Twitter, who asks, if you had to choose one lens, one roll of film, one body and one developer, you don't have to list all of these, I will take any any collection of Um what would they be and why? Do you have any yeah. obvious go-tos? I mean, for me, I, I, it's going to be 50mm. Yeah, me too. Equivalent. Same. Oh, okay, so like what, focal length? Yeah. I like 50 also. Yeah. I don't. I'm not bothered about which 50 mil. You know, like I said, or, or 75 mil if it's on a medium format, or 150 if it's on large format. But 50 mil equivalent. Um, as far as the roll of film, I mean, I've already married HP5, so you know, yeah. I'm not going to cheat. Stay on loyal. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you can do so much with that. So and that's going to go with it. Um, uh, camera body. Human body. Or a human body, one body. Just one, I'll, I'll stick with my body. Um, it's a good I, idea. It's not great, but at least I'm vaguely aware of how it works. Um, but yeah, camera body. I don't know. I, I that's more difficult because I one body only shoots one format, and I love. I'm having so much fun shooting all of the formats. Um, yeah. But you know, let's say OM one for thirty five mil. Uh, Bronica for medium format and then just large format. I'm enjoying my Intrepid at the moment, so that's good. Um, but you know, large formats are all all good fun. Um, I don't think I have a strong feeling on developer, <laughs> so HC one ten is always good, right? It's it, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, I use three different developers for three different things. So that would mean if I would only choose one, that's silly. I wouldn't choose one. But if I could only, if I had to choose one. I have to like cut out a lot of film. And so like if the film that I want to use uses a different developer, then it cancels itself out. Carry the one. <laughs> Just go back to the first <laughs> part, Eric. Do you have a th what what, what focal length are you going to go for? Oh man. I think cuz I I'm I'm 80 mm and medium. Yeah. So right? 50 mm equivalent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, 90. And in, in in medium, ninety in medium. Ooh, and ninety in large too. Okay, so that's quite yeah, different. Okay. They are, yeah, they are, but they're two different formats. Okay, that's true. They All shoot right. two different things. This this question's got. I'll, I'm gonna come for you with this question. Um, <laughs> and and can you pick a roll of film that you want to stick with for the rest of your life? I'm I'm a film slut. You're a film slut. <laughs> Just well, you don't need to put the word film in front of that. Um, Vanya, you said you fifty mil, fifty mil equivalent lens. Any particular cameras? Your Hasselblad? Probably the five hundred C. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Indeed. And, and why not? 
And <laughs> and is is there a particular role, a film type that you generally go for? Uh, not really. I guess I'm. I want to say it, but yeah, I, I want to try all films. <laughs> that's also that's all right. That's all good. One day you'll settle down with a a long term partner. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> well, listen, it's a big commitment. It is a big commitment. Um, and I think we did Ooh, have Vera that. Color. Vera Color Three. If I had to choose, color. Yeah, Vera Color Three. Vera Color Three. Okay. Um, Sorry. And one last one. Could I be interested to hear your thoughts on this one? Um, this is from Nas Costomano, um, who asks, is the Canon EOS 3000N, or the Rebel, whatever it's called, um, underappreciated and actually still quite good? Um, what do you guys think? So these, like the last gens of uh, Canon, Nikon, whatever it may be, um, so the, the ones that look like the digital cameras, do you guys have any love for those? Um, actually, I kind of do. I think that some sometimes you can find them for a little cheaper because it doesn't have like that aesthetic that mm. it looks like a film camera. Um, but then you get all these, you know, autofocus and fun things. And if you're shooting, you know, just for fun and out there, just I don't know, sometimes I just like to bring a camera. It doesn't matter really like I don't know what I'm going to shoot. I'll, I'll bring one of those with me. So yeah, I mean, it could it could be fun. I don't really necessarily use them all the time, but if I if I find one, I probably will get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm a hundred percent with you. I've got a couple of them, and um, sometimes it's just quite nice, especially if you don't if you want something that's going to work a bit like a almost or can be used like a point and shoot that you know is going to be real accurate in its metering and, and eric's already pointed out how much you suck at metering um, yeah <laughs> i guess so um oh, and um <laughs> yeah they, they they can take real nice pictures um i you know i had a couple of lenses because my first proper camera when i got into photography was a canon um eos digital camera so i've got a couple of decent lenses that i can stick on there Sometimes it's just fun and um, and it's easy. And especially if I, I maybe want to shoot some film where I know I want to be super accurate, maybe slide film or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I might. That might be a choice. I don't use them often, but I like them. Eric, do you ever muck around with them? Haven't. The closest I ever got to it was uh, a Canonette QL17. That's little guys. not remotely close, no. but thanks. <laughs> no, but that's the closest I've gotten to it. And I'll find myself shooting it and I'll look over there. I'll shoot it in like aperture priority mode. And I'll look over there and I'll see the, the aperture that it's choosing. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Don't choose that aperture. <laughs> I wouldn't choose that aperture. And I'll shoot it anyway. So it might, it gets into your head. No, I don't like those cameras. I don't like them. It's fun though to see what, you know, what it'll meter. It's, it's kind of fun to like move over and kind of see like, oh, what, what is the camera going to tell me to do? Mm. You don't have to listen to it. You can do whatever you want, but it's, it gets in your, you have to. And no. why, why would you use a camera like that otherwise? Why wouldn't you just use like a K1000 or whatever? <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying you should. I'm just I'm like, why? Like if, 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 if cameras like that drive me crazy you just want me to go crazy i wouldn't yeah. mind it yeah i want uh, you to go mad <laughs> i think uh, i think clearly the thing is you need you need if you're using a camera like that a camera that will do anything automatically for you you need to trust it so using it once yeah. and questioning everything probably isn't going to work but if you use it a few times and you see the results and go oh yeah this is nailing it every time like when when i bought 
Um, this was fairly early on in my um, gear acquisition stage. I bought on eBay an Olympus OM10 because somebody I knew had mentioned it. I went, oh, I'm going to order one of those. I found one cheap. I'm just going to order it. And it turned up and I knew nothing about it. And the mirror was locked up and I was like, oh, this thing's knackered. I had instant buyer's remorse. It felt plastically. I didn't like it. And um, then I spent five minutes looking on the internet and, oh it just needs a new battery and that's fine and it worked um but i went out and shot with it and that's an aperture priority camera um and i think actually it was the first roll film i ever home developed as well was through that but when i got the pictures out i went oh it's nailed the exposure on every one of these and <laughs> And kind of always does. At that point, you go, oh, this is great. I can just pick an aperture and it'll pick a shutter speed and we're off to the races. And um, and I, I'm i quite happy with that. There are times when that's just a, a far more fun way to shoot um, as opposed yeah, to... I could definitely... No, when I'm shooting like aperture priority in the, with the Canonette, it really is. I treat it like a digital camera. It's kind of, it's kind of you know, just need to kind of just like not spray and pray because they're mostly pretty good. I mean, as far as exposure goes. Uh, so no, I, I think, I, I think I like that aspect of it where you don't have to really think about it, but I don't know. Well, I mean, really that, all you're doing you, is quick math. I mean, all it's doing is, you know, instead of you holding up a light meter going, okay, I want to shoot at F8, therefore this is the shutter yeah. speed. Instead, you're just going, okay, I'm going to choose F8 and now you're going to pick the shutter speed um, and save me having to look be, at me. Yeah. I think it'd be better if I could pick the aperture. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I, I on the camera. Right. Okay. I, I can never remember which ones are shutter priority and which ones are. Oh, I don't priority. know either. I thought I was just going off of what you said. So. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're back there. Um, You're going to get think, some emails. About. Yeah, we almost certainly will. Well, I think that will do it for emails this week. Thank you so much to everybody who has written in, um, and thank you to everybody who submitted questions for the Q and A last week, and um, the ones, uh, well, maybe with the exception of Paul, but you know, everybody else who did a good job. Um, you, you guys are great. Um, I enjoyed Paul's question. We, they were wonderful. They were lovely questions. And we all dream of being a badger. We're all on Team Badger here. <laughs> um, we have got a few coffee donors. We want to say thank you to this week. Um, now, Vanya, you've got the names in front of you, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you give us the names. Dave um, Walker. Okay, so Dave Walker, a little known fact about Dave. Dave Walker can talk to trees, uh, but he doesn't <laughs> often bother because they, they mostly just talk about nuts and stuff. So it's not very interesting. That's great. All right, second one is Barry Carr. I got this one. Barry Carr was once fired from the new power generation for dating both diamonds and pearls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the same time, I mean, that's just rude. It is. Uh, we also have Ian Fleming. Okay, so something we learned recently about Ian Fleming, that Ian drives a train, a proper train, it's very important we make this way, but he drives a train at his local botanical garden. What people might not know is that he also pilots a submarine at his local swimming pool. <laughs> is that true? I mean, the, the, the train part, he does, the, he does like a... What do you mean? Is that true? It's all true, Eric. These are facts. No, these the, are the facts train, that a team train. of researchers has looked into. The, yeah, yes. The train. He yeah. does. Like it's like a full size, like standard size, standard gauge train, or is it like a narrow gauge, or oh, well, steam, the, the, diesel. I, listen, I, I, I'm not. I'm, I, no, I'm, I'm sincerely interested. No, I'm, no, I'm I know. Kind of a, I, and I appreciate your enthusiasm. 
I got into yeah, an amount of trouble over this last time. I have been told that it's a proper train. I think it can see a hundred people, um, and it's and yeah. it's a proper proper gauge train. I don't know, Ian. Please do write in and let me know. But I've just been I, I got in trouble. No, I'm, with... I'm I would love to do that. Now it's like a dream. Well, I'm being I'm being. I'm, I know I'm sometimes ironic. Come to ironic. the I'm UK. Being completely serious. Well, we have trains here. Yeah, I know, but you don't have them in botanic gardens, do you? I bet I could find it. We don't call them botanic gardens. We call them. What do we call them? <laughs> Arborate, arbor, arbor. No, that's arbor, a different thing. That's where trees are. Yeah. I think we still call it that. Do you really? Well, we'll get emails about that too. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, anyway, moving on from that. And um, what's the last name, please, Vanya? Uh, Dunstan. Uh, Dunstan. This is. Not widely known, but Dunstan once tried to integrate himself into polite society. <laughs> it, does it follow up as to how that went? No. No, no further information on that. Well, I, I hope it went well, Dunstan. Um, thank you so much to all our coffee donors. As always, we are hugely appreciative, and this is the way we show our thanks. Which I realise may seem kind of weird, but, you know, it's the thought that counts. Um and guys, thank you, Vanya and Eric, so much for joining me this week and doing this with me. It has been a lot of fun having you both on. Um, tell us again where people need to go to find the All Through the Lens, a film photography podcast, to give it its full title. How? Uh, um, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, anywhere you find podcasts, we are there. And we're ranked fairly high because I had the bright idea of putting the words film photography in the title. Yeah, t turns out that's a good idea. Because <laughs> uh, you can't... Funnily, weirdly, nobody searches, nobody just looking for information and podcasts on, I don't know, film photography goes, let's just Google Sunny 16 podcast. Because um, Sunny 16, not a massive search term. So I definitely think yeah. you, you guys uh, uh, and a few others made the right choice there. Uh, we made the wrong choice. But we're sticking with it because we will. We refuse to learn. Um, and you, you, as far as the social media goes, you're all through a lens on um, Instagram. Are all, you on Facebook? No, no. Uh, all through a lens dot podcast because some joker already had all through a lens and they have like they posted like five things five years ago. Yeah. And <laughs> so we are all through a lens dot podcast. And are you are you on Facebook? No, no, we're not. Not Facebook. No. And we're not on Twitter. No, should, not. We really should probably. We you probably, probably should. You probably should. But you do have a Spotify thing you're doing, don't you? We do. Uh, yeah, we do. We do a playlist for every episode. That's really fun. We basically pick 10 each and kind of mix it together and kind of see what would go right, right after. It's fun. And I kind of want to find out. If people can guess who's picking the songs. <laughs> yeah, eventually we're going to have a, a contest to see if anybody can figure out the difference between me and Vanya. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just to make sure that everyone is listening carefully, it is the all through a lens podcast. You don't want the through the lens podcast, which, as we all know, is a gospel driven conversations podcast on <laughs> the heartache um, and sort of shaping your suffering hosted by Holly and Kristen. So if you're looking for that, that's their, the through yeah, the lens I'm on there podcast. Sometimes. They, they have me on sometimes to talk about Jesus and things like that. <laughs> uh, that's well, that's when you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> it does sound like a hoot. A conversation on hope in the heartache where two... I mean, this is real sad stuff. Where two child-lost manners discuss suffer, suffering and sanctification. Um, well, you're sanctimonious, uh, Eric, so you kind of you probably I, could get on. Oh, my God. I, I eat up sanctimony for breakfast. <laughs> Love it. I can't get enough sanctimony or sanctuary or sanka. For that and, matter. and it's also not through the lens of motherhood. You, I, it's a good job you did that, the uh, film photography podcast bit on the end. Um, uh, awesome stuff. Well, thank you again, guys, so much for joining us. And hopefully, Rachel will be back fine and well for this week's Sony 16 podcast. I hope so. We all hope so, um, which will be out on Thursday. Hopefully, got something good coming this week. <laughs> Which I'm sure you is reassuring. <laughs> I, I mostly do. I mostly do. It's kind of more nailed down, but I won't commit to it just in case it all falls apart horribly at the last minute. Um, but we will be back on Thursday with Sunny 16. Until then, we will leave you with the wonderful music of Schnauzer. Um, oh, actually, before we do that, um, Vanya, we know where Eric is. He's at Conspiracy of Cartographers uh, with dots in between. Where are you on Instagram? It's at Surf Martian. At Surf Martian. I like that a lot. It's very easy to find. <laughs> Remember, go there and see some awesome pictures of uh, wet stuff. I think it's called water. Um, <laughs> and other fun things. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Schnauzer. You can find their music on Bandcamp. And we will play you out with uh, Remortgaging the Nest of Hairs. Until then, listeners, have a lovely week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>